What's going on, Denver sports fans? Who wants to make some money? My guess is just about all of you. Everyone wants to make money, so here's the easiest way that you can add a few bucks to the wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver International Airport for a better car experience than your typical car rental service. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break, and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. Even if your car is not rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean that thing upon your arrival. Get all of the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. is up everybody welcome into the dnvr nuggets podcast we are presented today by total beverage where dnvr listeners can get 30 percent off of your purchase of 75 dollars or more by using the code dnvr2019 do that online or on the total beverage app total beverage also delivers to most of the metro area they also now have cbd products as well so make sure to hit up total beverage all week for all your liquor wine beer spirits cbd needs as well because they have you covered from every angle. Harrison Wind here, along with Brendan Vogt. Monday edition of the show, Nuggets, they sit at 4-2, and two, coming off a narrow nail-biter win against uh, the Orlando Magic over the weekend, a 91-87. to 87. Brendan, how's it going, man? How was your weekend? How'd you take in this Magic game? Harrison, what's up, man? My weekend was much better considering the Nuggets finally found themselves in that third quarter that first half was pretty tough to watch man and it was you know it's our job to cover the team regardless of what happens but it can be fun or less fun and things were trending in the less fun direction I feel like that's been a theme for this entire season last season really from opening night and obviously the injuries hit but for most of the season last year this team was so fun like every game they played was you know so exciting and you like never knew what to expect the first six games of this year, though, have just been a slog, it seems. That fun, that, that level of fun, that excitement, it, it's not there right now. It hasn't been there for a variety of reasons, which we'll get into a, a little bit later. But just that, that level of fun from last year to this year, I mean, there just seems like there's been a huge drop-off there. Adam Mata is our, uh, our chief at DNVR Nuggets. I think he tweeted after the first Jokic stint in that Orlando game, I'm legitimately scared to see the next Jokic <laughs> minutes. And it's true. It's just been like holding your breath and hoping they can keep their heads above water because at the end of the day, you know, this team's good enough to, to perform better than they have, but there's pressure, there's expectations. And I wonder if that's, if that's wearing on the players a little bit, definitely seems to be, uh, you know, bothering the fan base a little bit through, through six games. Yeah, I think there could be some of that. Maybe some of the expectations are weighing on them. I don't know, though. I mean, it's tough to really dive into that and find the truth there. The one thing I think is prevalent with this team right now, and this is something we talked about throughout the summer at that could really be a factor early on this season, and it's that, look, they got to the playoffs for the first time last year. Most of these guys did. They felt what it felt like to be in that playoff atmosphere, that playoff environment 
where, you know, there was just so much riding on every game. And now they're back in the regular season. And I wonder if they're thinking to themselves, like, man, can we just get on to the playoffs already? And it's it's a terrible mindset for them to have because they've still got so many games, so many months separating now and the playoffs. But I do wonder if that taste of what playoff basketball is like, it, it kind of made for a letdown once this regular season got started. I don't know. And, you know, those guys on TNT, you know, Chuck Barkley and company, they talked about how the Nuggets, actually, I believe this was Reggie Miller who said the Nuggets have gone from the hunting to the hunted, right? The hunters to the hunted. And it seems that way that last year they were the team that were hungry and eager to play the good teams and give them a hard time. This season, they don't look so eager. Teams like Orlando, who are probably a little bit better than the average fan thinks, they're going to play hard against the Denver Nuggets. They're going to give them their best shot. And the Nuggets seem to to be going through the motions reluctantly so far. But some good news, Harrison, in the second half of that game. Right. Well, I want to start with the guy, I guess, that you name-dropped and mentioned there a second ago, Nikola Jokic, um, who it was really a tale of two halves for him. So let, let's go back to shoot-around prior to this Orlando game. Uh, Michael Malone says that you know he needs Jokic to be more aggressive after he was not aggressive at all in that New Orleans game, needs him to take about 15 shots, had a chat with Jokic about being more aggressive. I mean, it seems like we do this two or three times per season, right? And um, usually he'll come out, I feel like, in the first quarter after uh, that narrative has developed over the course of a couple games and just get up a lot of shots, look super aggressive. That was not the case in uh, the first quarter where he did not attempt a shot did not record a rebound or an assist, but, you know, really throughout the first half where all of his shots were jumpers, he attempted a couple of threes. That first half was crazy. That that was mind boggling. I, I, I was not quite sure what was going on. And, um, you know, I thought maybe for that half that the Nuggets problems were a lot bigger than they might yeah. be, after, especially after that second half happened. Yeah, what was Malone said for us to be at our best, we need him to take at least 15 shots a night. And he, what did he shoot in the first half, Harrison? Was it three or four? Couldn't have been more than that, right? And I just, think and, it was three, and two of them were threes, and the other one was like a deep two. Right, so it almost looked like he was directly disobeying that, I guess we'll call it an order, for lack of a better word here, for the figure of speech. But yeah, man, and it, if that was the case, then, wow, these problems are, <laughs> these problems are worse than we think. I don't know... I. I wonder what was said, if anything, at halftime, man, because when he came out in that third quarter, granted, it was a three that he stepped into right away, but it looked like a a light bulb, a switch went off in his head and he knew he needed to start shooting. You know, I wonder if that was Malone or a teammate or something, but it looked like he was directly disobeying that that strong suggestion in the first half. Yeah, Jokic, we know this from watching him over the last several seasons. He does not hide his emotions and hide just how he's feeling well. Like, you can tell just by watching this guy play one or two possessions, whether he's engaged, whether he's, you know, feeling what the Nuggets are doing on offense and if that's going to translate to defense. You can tell how locked in on a game he is by just watching him literally one time up and down the floor. And it was pretty clear throughout that first half. He wanted like nothing to do with the Nuggets' offense. It felt like he was barely looking at the rim. Didn't seem like he was communicating at all on either end of the floor. And you know when he's locked in, he's like a traffic cop out there, directing directing guys, pointing guys where to go, talking on offense. 
There was none of that in the first quarter. So I don't know what was said at halftime, but you know something seemed to change in that third quarter because it definitely seemed like you know maybe it wasn't like Jokic at his most pure self in that second half, but he did act a little more aggressive, don't you think? Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. There was a fire under him in that second half. He was shooting more. He was looking to score in the big moments, take the big shots. And he also tried on defense that first half. You mentioned his his engagement level on offense. It was even worse on defense, obviously. I mean, yeah. Nikola Vucevic was tearing him apart. But he seemed to take some pride in everything in the second half. And classic Jokic, I mean, he can be throwing a tantrum, the least effective starter on the floor in the first half, and he can come out and effectively win a ball game just by playing real hard for two quarters. So, I mean... I'm not sure if I'm encouraged or not, Harrison, from Jokic walking out of this game. How, how do you feel, given that it took him so long to flip that switch? I don't know if, like, it doesn't seem like all of his problems are in the rear view. No, not at all. Not at all. And this was a very unimpressive win, 91-87 over, you know, a Magic team, which is 2-4 and four on the year. And, like, Denver's defensive numbers looked good from this game. They only allowed 87 points, uh, again, because... The Nuggets are, A, operating at the league's slowest pace, so there was not a ton of possessions in this game. B, the Magic came into this game as the worst offense in the league, so it would have been very alarming if you know the Nuggets didn't have a good defensive night. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm not encouraged. Um, I don't wouldn't say I'm, like, discouraged either. Pretty neutral after, um, after this win against the Magic, I guess I'd say. Yeah, they didn't really show you what it sounded like Malone was challenging them to show him and show us. But again, that, that baseline was on display of, you know, Orlando's not a great team, but they went in there and, and they just looked like the better team on the road. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, so I guess from that sense, it's, it's somewhat encouraging, but no, you, you still haven't seen that life. You still haven't seen that flow. Um, not a lot of pep in their step. I think to some extent, these last couple of games, they've been definitely missing, missing Will Barton Harrison. I think, you know, Adam Adams talked a lot about Torrey Craig's potential effect offensively on different lineups, but just the absence of Barton in a vacuum, a third ball handler, a guy who's going to penetrate and try to get to the line and make something happen. Um, it it without him, there's a there's even more stiffness in these starters. It seems like definitely, and I do want to talk about the offense as a whole, the the absence that you know Will Barton and how he's been out of the lineup over the last couple of games and the effect that's had moving Torrey Craig into the starting into the starting lineup. And also you know, Jamal Murray, who I think has had a really strong start to the year. That's gone a yep. little bit under the radar. Yeah. Uh, first, though, you know, we talk about Breck Brewing on this podcast a lot. Tell you guys to drink their beers, whether it's the Vanilla Porter or the Vanilla Porter Jr., as we like to call it on this show. Uh, or the Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky. Uh, but I want to tell you guys about Never Summer's opening day at Punch Bowl on November 9th. It's Never Summer Celebration Party. Breck is teaming up with them uh, to host. It's going to be a great party to you know kick off the winter season here. Obviously, a ton of snowboarding, skiing to do uh, over the winter. And uh, join Breck Brewery on November 9th at Punch Bowl Social. Uh, drinks, of course. Uh, Breck Brewery is going to be there. Apparel, swag you guys can get. And also Punch Bowl is just a cool place to hang out and uh, have a night out. So uh, join for Never Summer's opening day with Breck Brewery November 9th at Punch Bowl Social. Hey, uh, maybe you guys will see a couple of us there as well. And then before we move on, 
You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on the DNVR Broncos Facebook. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off of your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's code HYD20 to save 20%. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wind here along with Brendan Vogt. Talking about this Nuggets win over the Magic as Denver moves to 4-2 on the year. Nuggets won 91-87 over the weekend. It was not a pretty offensive night by any means, and that's kind of been a theme throughout these first six games for Denver. The Nuggets just have not looked great offensively. Denver shot 37% from the field in this game, 32% from three, turned the ball over 13 times. Obviously, for 91 points, it was enough against the Magic team that was not too impressive on the offensive end of the floor. But it certainly seemed to me, Brendan, that this game, at least on the offensive end, was kind of a microcosm of the issues that Denver's been dealing with throughout the season. Poor three-point shooting, just a lack of ball and player movement like we've seen in the past. It seemed to kind of represent a lot of the Nuggets' struggles on that end of the floor so far. It did. And, uh, you know, I wonder how much of that had to do with lineup selection. You know, we did see some different lineups in that game. At some points, we saw Wancho out there, which was yeah. interesting. And Michael Porter Jr. for a short stint. Even um, Jeremy Grant at the three, too. Even Jeremy Grant at the three. And, and, you know, in those lineups, Harrison, you did see it did look like things were a little more open, like there was more spacing out there. But there's more to it than just spacing, uh, especially for the starters. I mean, they're not passing the ball a lot. The guys off ball aren't cutting with purpose. Obviously, we know the pace is low. So I would say the key word is just flow. It just yeah. seems like three guys watching watching two make something happen or four guys watching one. There doesn't seem to be any sort of sync and, and any sort of life to this offense whatsoever. So here are some numbers on, on the passing like you just mentioned. Uh, this year, the Nuggets through six games are attempting – 279 passes per game. All this is on NBA.com, publicly accessible data. You guys can all check this out. Uh, last year, they attempted 312 and a half passes per game, and that was the sixth best mark in the league. So passes per game uh, down a lot. And this is another one I found really interesting. Potential assists generated per game. Mm. Uh, last season, the Nuggets generated... Let me see here. It was one of the best marks in the league. The Nuggets generated 47.2 potential assists per game. Uh, this year, that number is way down to 34.7, right? Wow. That's like eight or nine less potential assists per game. So uh, that ball movement, it's not there. The player movement it, is not there. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it can honestly go back to how this starting unit is operating because it, it w got off to a pretty good start 
with Will Barton in there. And Denver went to Torrey Craig at that small forward. And, you know, a lot of times Nuggets are playing four and five on that end of the floor right now. And uh, defenses aren't guarding Torrey Craig from three. And on the year, you know, he hasn't really proven that he should be guarded from three. He's shooting uh, two of 13 from three Uh, this season. He's missed his last 11. And so it's been tough with that lineup and the numbers don't look great either. So I agree. There's been a lack of ball movement, a lack of player movement. And that starting unit, once they've gone to Torrey Craig, has just not looked great. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just as shooting, right? I mean, you got to find a way to be a threat, even if you're not a great shooter, the cuts aren't always timely. He seems to crash at awkward times, but also, man, like the way the team plays is differently when he's in there as opposed to Barton. He's not capable of the kind of DHO movement that Jokic loves. He can't run a pick and roll the way Jamal, Gary, Monte, Barton, even Malik at times can. And and we know that's how they like to operate, right? You, you, they're, they're, it's not, they don't want to run a lot of set plays. They want to make reads on the move. But all of that's different in there when the small forward position is a guy that Jokic is seemingly ignoring. And so yeah. I think it's having an effect on the offense, not just because of his shooting, not just because of the spacing, but the flow as well. And, and you know, it's I wonder how long Will Barton's going to be out. Toe inflammation and walking boot kind of seems disproportionate to me. Like That seems like I, 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 I hope there's nothing worse going on with Will Barton. Yeah, uh, that's pure speculation. I know nothing, but the, the walking boot sounds concerning. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out, but Denver really needs him back. I mean, this starting lineup with Barton, it, it's been everything I, I thought they would be. Like the Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic, five-man group. If you look at lineups so far that have played at least 50 minutes together, it's the fifth most efficient lineup in terms of net rating hmm. in the league. It's hilarious. So, uh, they've been great. Uh, they've been about what uh, I think a lot of us expected them to be. I mean, uh, that five, a 104.8 offensive rating, which isn't great, but I mean, the Nuggets offense as a whole hasn't been great so far, but a 89 defensive rating for a 15.9 net rating. Like they've been great defensively. And then they've inserted Tory Craig into this thing. And you would think that lineup could get a little better defensively because, you know, I think Craig is a better defensive option than Barton. It's been terrible. 116.7 defensive rating, and they've been worse on the offensive end as well, uh, those starters with Torrey Craig. So, um, yeah, it's been perplexing why they haven't been good defensively. Offensively, I can't say I'm terribly surprised that that group hasn't been good because if you look back to last year, it's kind of like deja vu with this team. Barton went down in the second game of the year. Uh, the Nuggets elevated Torrey Craig into the starting lineup again, and their offense tanked over those next 10 games going back to last season after Barton went down. Uh, that five sported a 94 offensive rating, 104.7 defensive rating, and a negative 10.5 defensive rating. So, I mean, two I wonder, years in a row, that lineup hasn't been good. I wonder if the defensive struggles, too, with Craig in there, which seem surprising, I wonder if that's just because it's deflating on offense right now, right? And, and mm-hmm. how hard is it to give give everything you have defensively when there's no life and there's no fun to be had on the offensive end? I'm sure there's some effect there. Uh, we should talk a little bit, though, about Jamal Murray, I think, man. You alluded to that earlier. You alluded to what you consider to be an under-the-radar nice start to the season. Uh, do you want to just expound on that? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing we're watching for Murray coming into this season was probably consistency. And already he has been way more consistent 
than he was a year ago. And even going back to early in the season, we'd see days where you know, he would go off for 20-plus points and the next night you know, he would be in single digits or something like that or in the low teens. He just has been much more consistent, in my opinion. I feel like he's taking care of the ball a little better to start the year. And he isn't shooting the ball, I think, as well from three as he could. He's at 34.5% right now. But I think it's safe to say he avoided like another absolutely dreadful October, which he's had in the past. And you know, defensively, I think he's made a better effort this year uh, than at times last year as well. So I've been impressed with how he started the season. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, man, he's not living up to the max contract that the Nuggets signed him to. I've gotten a lot of that on uh, the timeline in my mentions and whatnot. And I think it's important to remember that, yeah, like he has really high expectations, but the Nuggets signed him to that contract, not for what he'll do this year, but what he'll do, you know, three or four years from now. But, you know, all, all in all, I think it's been a really good start for him. Sure. And as you pointed out, just from a shooting standpoint, obviously notori- notoriously slow starter, but through just six games, 18.5 points, which would be obviously terribly small sample size. That would be the most he scored in his career on less yep. shots than last year. He's getting to the line more early, Harrison, 4.7 free throw attempts a game early, hitting 4.2. So yeah, he's looked aggressive. Point. He's been trying to make things happen on his own, I think, turning corners and and not just looking to find Jokic on that pick and roll. Um, um, but going up aggressively, eating contact and getting to the line. And then you touched on this as well. I think his I think his baseline outside of the scoring, which is obviously the first thing we all think of in Murray, has been higher this year. I thought his defensive effort's been better. He looks a little stronger. Turnover percentage is, is down, just 10.5% so far, which puts him in the 70th percentile. Not great, but better than he's been in his career. So he looks a little more mature to me, Harrison, as a point guard. And some of the mistakes have still been there. Sure. Um, you know, like the pure point guard mistakes. We've seen a couple of those. But, you know, he's still super young. And, you know, he'll be held to a higher standard this year. But I just think he, he's gotten off to a really promising start. And, you know, while Jokic has been very up and down, I feel like, even though I think he's still been their best player. Mm. Murray seems like he's been the more consistent one, which is crazy to think about, you know, based on where they were last year. He certainly kept them alive in the first half of that Orlando game. And yeah, it does seem that way. He also seems when a hit hit maturity again, just talking to them in the locker room, there's some weird vibes this year. We know Jokic is, is, is temperamental. He's going through one of his downs, but, but Murray seems relatively unbothered and in control and poised and somewhat ready for this moment. So it's been a really encouraging start for him, I think, both on and off the floor, man. Like, I think you're looking, you you want to see him grow into a leader as well. And it sounds like after that loss to New Orleans, when Michael Malone had some had some harsh words for his team, he stepped up as a leader uh, and he was a little more vocal. So I think all signs have been a little more encouraging than, than maybe the unfair perspective of how do we evaluate this guy against his new contract extension is really making it look for some people. Yeah, the off the court stuff has been fascinating to me. I think that's a huge development and there was, you know, a, a lot coming out uh, from the New Orleans game and from the Magic game, you know, after both these games or in the middle of both these games how Murray's using his voice more, you know, addressing the team and I think that's a really interesting development because this team needs somebody to step up like that. You know, Isaiah Thomas 
was the leader of this team last year. He was the guy to step up during halftime at the end of games and deliver a message to the team, which is weird to think about considering he only played in a couple games last season. (laughs) But he was that guy. And, you know, Paul Millsap's been that guy before, but he's more of a lead-by-example guy. He'll take guys aside one-on-one, stuff like that. This team needs that vocal presence and – Murray is still super young. It's hard to be a leader this young, uh, as young as he is. But I think Murray can be that guy. And uh, we know Mike Malone wants him and Jokic to be that guy. And I'm curious to see how you know that storyline develops over the course of the season. In my opinion, Murray seems way more willing to take on that responsibility yes. right now than Jokic. Yeah. Um, m- the, Malone has given both those guys like a lot of authority. He's given both those guys the ability to stop practice when like the Nuggets aren't playing up to their standards. So he, he's given them a lot of responsibility. He wants them to shoulder that leadership role. So I'm just interested to see how that kind of develops over the course of the year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Murray, Murray seems somewhat keen keen on taking it on, man. I do think it's easy to, to forget how young he is, but with each year in that locker room, he seems more confident and willing in front of the media, more confident to talk about his teammates uh, to the media. One thing I'm, I'm most curious about, and I don't think we're ever going to get real insight into this. We, we've tried via different, various different questions, but Jamal and, and Nikola's relationship, to what extent is Jamal vocal? Like, I, I think if you were to, th- whatever happened at halftime in Orlando, whether something did or didn't, I think the thing a Nuggets fan would most want to hear is that Jamal pulled Nikola aside and said, hey, man, we need you to be aggressive, as he's told the media countless times. Does he tell Jokic that, right? Is he in his mm-hmm. ear at all? And that's something I, I don't have any insight in, but it's it's among the top things I'm curious about regarding this Nuggets team. Yeah, I agree. The dynamic between those two and just how they hold each other in uh, in regard is definitely fascinating for sure. A few more things I want to get to, uh, particularly on the offense. Uh, first, though, got to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all-natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. And we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. So a couple other things that I've noticed about the offense and a couple other things that have contributed to the Nugget struggles on that end of the floor, in my opinion. The half-court offense and Denver's lack of transition opportunities because... The Nuggets have always been like a slow-paced team in the Jokic era pretty much going back these last three years. But they've been able to do that and still have a really good offense because they've executed really well in the half court. Like if you go back and look at the last three years on a points-per-possession basis, they were 6th, 8th, and then 14th last year in just points-per-possession in the half court. This year, uh, they're down to 21st. So they've been really bad executing in the half court. And these stats are all per clean the glass. Another kind of component that goes hand in hand with that. This year, 83% of the Nuggets offensive plays are being run in the half court. They're not getting out in transition at all. 
Um, so I feel like that has a lot to do with their struggles too. And that, I mean, the, the latter part, a lot of that has to be connected to defense, right? I mean, just effort, generating stops, get, getting out and running, creating turnovers. Yeah, they're definitely taking the ball out of the basket a lot. But the funny thing with the defense is, I was just looking to look at this up before we started recording. The Nuggets right now, their defensive rating, they're the 14th best defense in the league, sporting a 104.9 defensive rating. Their defensive rating last year was... Wait for it. 108.1. So they've actually been better defensively this season than last year. Wow. Um, overall, the league has been better defensively in the early going, and I think that's probably just a result of you know teams just missing more shots at the beginning of the season than they would last year. Um, but it just seems like they're just walking the ball up the court too. Uh, they're you know just jogging to their spots. They're not getting into their stuff quickly. And I think if they maybe tried to force the issue a little more in transition, they, they could lead to some some better and some higher efficient scoring opportunities. Like we never see those quick Jokic and quick Millsap post up in transitions any in transition anymore that we saw last year. So I would like to see Denver get out and run a bit more when they can. Yeah, it seems like they almost never have numbers too, right? I mean, like yeah. Murray, Murray going one on two and pulling it up and waiting for everyone to get down the court. I don't know what that's about, man. And I like, is that just an energy level thing or an effort thing or a concerted effort to approach, you know, glass versus transition differently? I don't know, man, but it does seem like they need to get moving quicker because this just isn't working. Yeah. The other areas of the offense that are kind of lagging right now, they've been terrible at the rim. The Nuggets have this year where they've always been, you know, pretty average to slightly above average. They've just been awful finishing around the rim and, like, from floater range. And then they haven't been hitting their wide-open threes either. I think NBA.com had it where they're shooting around 34% on, like, open and wide-open threes. So not great numbers there. Um, I mean, the, overall uh, – sorry, go ahead. Well, just the whole offensive profile is really tough. I mean, where they are excelling are things like long twos and contested shots and things that aren't sustainable, right? Not where you want to be thriving as an offense. So yeah, it's just a, it's a tough profile right now. I mean, overall, I will still say I'm not terribly nervous about the offense, about the defense, which I think is going to be fine. It's been a rough first six games. It's been a weird first six games, but I'm not like going to hit the panic button by any means. Even if they had lost this game in Orlando, I feel like Nuggets fans and and maybe even like the team a little bit would have gone into like DefCon one. <laughs> it would have been weird, but I'm not ready to to panic about this offense or anything yet. I think deep down that they'll get it worked out pretty soon. The most interesting thing that that was brought up in this pod, I think, were the numbers with Will Barton in there with the starters, right? Despite yeah. sort of how things feel anecdotally, obviously we're working with with micro sample sizes, but those starters are still really effective, or they were still really effective. So at their core, this is a team that's just too talented offensively not to get it together. Um, and, and it just, I don't know, man, everything seems tied into something that's hard to quantify right now. And and it just, it's a vibe thing. It's an attitude thing. I think eventually things will click and, and we'll see that profile change. We'll see those numbers change over time. Yeah. You, you know, what can change, make, make a team's like outlook change really quickly. It's just a couple of wins. And yep. I think the win over Orlando, no matter how ugly it was, was big. 
They do have a tough couple games coming up this week. A good thing for Denver is both of them are at home against the Heat and the Rockets. Uh, So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I I think the offense could get turned around pretty quickly. Um, But, you know, maybe it won't. So we'll we'll see how this (laughs) week goes. You got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, Just only seven minutes for MPJ, Harrison. Uh, It it looked like Malone got him in early. Didn't love what he saw on the glass and defensively. Is that fair to say? I would agree with that. I would agree. He definitely had some rough defensive moments there. Like you mentioned, a pretty bad missed box out. And... um, yeah, it seems like he's on a pretty tight leash, especially if Denver right. is playing at the level they are right now. So it was interesting how it seemed like he split the backup minutes between MPJ and Wancho mm-hmm. like pretty evenly. And then even uh, Jeremy Grant got some in, uh, what was that, early fourth quarter? Yeah, so Wancho, or MPJ still a project in reality, but particularly in Malone's eyes. You know, I know a lot of fans see him as a plug-in and play solution here, but but it's gonna be it's gonna be a short leash, like you said, for MPJ, I think, for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Nuggets with Will Barton out, and I just look at the numbers, the lineup numbers last year and this year with Tory Craig and the starters, I'm either putting Malik Beasley in there, but that might be tough with Barton out because you really wouldn't have another guard off the bench yeah. in that scenario. If that's you know, a concern. I would just roll with Wancho with the starters and just try to get off to a good start on the offensive end. You're not playing well defensively with Torrey Craig. I don't think you could, you know, be much worse on that end of the floor if you exchange him for Wancho. Sure. Uh, so, you know, maybe you just roll with that and see if you can just get off to a good start. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, we talked about, about that vaunted depth, but really all it took is one injury and all of a sudden, you know, there's some issues. So, yeah. Den- Denver, um, you know, a flawed team, right? They're, they are still who we thought they were, but those flaws are rearing their heads early, and it's it's just tough to juxtapose that with all the exciting preseason talk. Yeah, well, I think we're also seeing how valuable Will Barton is. He's like sure. Denver's second-best guy in the pick-and-roll, or maybe third-best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Denver doesn't have a, a lot of creation on, on the wing. Like, Gary Harris hasn't been that type of creator this year. Malik Beasley isn't. And Will Barton is that guy, so he's been missed. Yep. All right, well, I think that's all the time we got for today. Uh, Good show. We'll be back on Tuesday previewing this Nuggets and Heat game. That should be a really interesting one. Miami's been red hot to start the season, so it will be a good test for Denver. Talk to you guys then. What's going on, DNVR Nuggets fans? Got to tell you about our latest deals with Total Beverage. You can find them at TotalBev.com. Total Bev is giving the DNVR family 30% off your purchase of $75 or more. Use code DNVR2019 online or in the Total Beverage app. Download that thing today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. Plus, they have the lowest prices in the state. Now, they also offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit to Total Beverage. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $75 or more. And better yet, do it all without leaving the comfort of your home. Total Beverage, totalbev.com.